0: morning and a very warm welcome to you all wherever you're joining us from this morning it's lovely to have you with us it's still necessary for you to book your seat in advance it just helps us to know what's happening um, so if you let MIMA know if your plans change and the same on a Thursday please Thursday at 10:30. and Sunday school will be on again today for any see we only have two children this week sadly Ethan and Henry have fallen victim to the word I'll not mention, but they're okay, they're on the way to recovery. So hopefully they'll be back with us soon. The pastoral care team would like to start a rota for transporting members of the congregation to and from church on a Sunday. If anyone is willing to do this, please add your name to the sheet in the vestibule or speak to Moira, Evelyn, Jennifer, or Jean Hay. We are in the process of obtaining a carpet for the sanctuary. Several people have already expressed a wish to help with this purchase. If you wish to do so, please put your donation in an envelope marked refurbishment and place it in the offering. It would also be beneficial to note on the envelope if you're eligible for gift aid. And can I just say a huge thank you again to everyone for their generosity. There's quite a number of envelopes already this week. Thank you all so much. The World Day of Prayer service will be held in Kirkgate on Friday the 4th of March at 2 o'clock. There will be another planning meeting in the hall for anyone interested in helping on Monday the 21st of February at 2 o'clock. That's tomorrow at 2. Articles for the next Kirkgate Messenger are due by next Sunday, please. The craft team will meet on Tuesday from one o'clock onwards. And lastly, the care and Share lunch, run in conjunction with Chana, is on on Friday from 12.30 till two. These are all the intimations.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So delighted to be back in church. Uh, we really had a lovely time. And I think for, for more information, speak to D. He'll give you all the details, or speak to Saviour. I will give you details, but I might not give you the full picture. <laughs> but it's so good to be back. And thanks to Andrew for covering and doing a, a fabulous, and also tackling on such a very tough and yet realistic um, topic the theme that he was dealing with last week, it was, I was listening and I was like, wow, he's, he's brave. <laughs> and I think whether or not it was deliberate to, to organize a runaway at that time, I'm not sure. Uh, for those who are joining us from home, we are so delighted to have you, or if you are going to listen to the service later on, may the Lord continue to make you, his face to shine upon you Uh, I know that many of us are going through challenges in life. Some of us have got joys or things to celebrate as well. We celebrate with those who celebrate and we cry with those who are crying. And we sympathise with those who are going through a rough patch in their lives. Please uh, think about others, especially if you don't see Uh, People on a Sunday, it might be important to, before you say much, to just pray for them and actually tell them how much you miss them. It's important. As we continue in our worship, hear these words and think about these words as we come and we continue to worship together. In Christ's The God of heaven has made his home here on earth. Christ dwells among us and is one with us. Highest of all creation, he lives among the least. He journeys with the rejected and welcomes those who are weary. Come now, all who thirst, and come and drink the water of life. Come now, all who hunger, and be filled with good things come now all who are sick and you will definitely find Christ we join our hearts as we sing together 397 in the cross of Christ i glory as Christine leads us in prayer
2: let us join our hearts together let us pray Almighty everlasting God you came into our world through your beloved son as a man to walk with us to share our lives our joys and our sorrows open our hearts to your presence and bring us closer to you as we praise and worship in your name this Sunday morning. Help us to listen to your voice and to know that wherever we are and whatever we are doing, you are there to guide and sustain us. Even when we fail or fall short of what you would wish, you never turn away. You support us when we are weak, and are there to lead us forward, whatever difficulties surround us. You have given us so much to be grateful for. We thank you for this wonderful world, for the beauty that surrounds us throughout the seasons, the great skies and heavens, the landscapes, the tiny bee and the song of the birds. Help us to care for our world To put right the things that have been damaged by our carelessness, our thoughtlessness. Thank you for your guidance, your care, your love which comes to us through friends, family, our family and church. In the community we ask for your support. For all the ways you lead and support us in our lives, we thank you as we move forward in our faith. For all this, we thank you. And now we pray together in Jesus' own words, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed Lord, be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth, earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Thank you, Christine. Today we are back to Colossians uh, and we're going to look at three verses in Colossians chapter one. And we're going to look at verse twenty-one through to twenty-three. Now, before, of course, we we read uh, the passage itself. I want to, you know, pose a couple of questions to some of you. Uh, how many of you have ever been lost before? Okay, been lost before? All right. For those who have pets or Those who have children, uh, how many of you have lost their children or their pet before? Anyone willing to explain how it feels to lose your pet or to lose your son or your daughter in a crowd somewhere? Panic. Panic. All right? Others? Guilt. I remember that very well. (laughs) And sometimes you tend to each other and say, how did you not? (laughs) At least uh, D or Dylan have not been lost when we went on holiday this past week. Uh, But there was a time when, in a shop, um, we once lost D. He just went. And I assumed he's got, he's with mom. And mom assumed he's with me. And then when we (laughs) met, she was like, where is he? And I was like, where is he? He was with you. He was with you. And so we went one this way and the other one that way. And fortunately, we found him uh, busy chatting with. uh, And by then, he was still younger. Um, But the joy of finding something that you dearly love and you get it back is amazing. The passage that we deal with reminds us of how we were separated from, from God and now we are united. We are united, reunited with God. And it's like Paul says, you were like enemies to God but now you have been brought back. And this being brought back, reconciled to God, Paul says it's important. And I like how Paul writes, he keeps in the passage that we're going to read, he keeps saying you, 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 you. And I think we need to just enjoy and love it. And as we have been united with Christ. We keep being united. Sometimes we run this way when God wants us this way and he keeps reconciling with us and it's a process. He keeps saving us from ourselves and from himself. And that's amazing. And I think what Paul says towards the end of verse 23 uh, is, is powerful and important to keep in our hearts, he says, let's be faithful therefore. And I think that is the message for today. We have been reconciled and we continue to be faithful. We're going to sing together, in the cross of Christ I glory. Oh, when peace like a river, sorry. <laughs> when peace like a river and the children will leave Uh, towards the end of the song. Let us pray gracious and loving father we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your love as we are about to hear your word read to us we pray that lord you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear may your word inspire us may your word encourage us may your word Soften our hearts. May your word bring comfort to us. Lord, all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: We're reading from Colossians chapter one, from verses 21 to 23. At one time you were far away from God and were his enemies because of the evil things you did and thought. But now, by means of the physical death of his Son, God has made you his friends in order to bring you holy, pure, faultless into his presence. You must, of course, continue faithful on a firm and sure foundation and must not allow yourselves to be shaken from the hope you gained when you heard the gospel. It is of this gospel that I, Paul, became a servant. This gospel which has been preached to everybody in the world. Amen.
1: Thank you, Christine. So today we're going to be talking about or oh, the theme is we keep believing. We keep believing. And maybe you, you might wonder why. Why do we keep believing? Uh you'll soon find out from the things that Christine has read. But before I I get deep into today's sermon, for those who are listening and perhaps You've lost touch with the things that we've talked about. Uh, We've been busy now for weeks with the letter of Colossians. And just to recap on what we have covered so far, we started at a place where Paul was saying, "Uh, this is a letter that I'm writing to you. And of course, we know that Paul is an apostle of God. And I like how it's put across in chapter one, verse one, where it says, Paul, who by God's will is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He writes this letter to the church in Colossae, and there's something powerful about how he describes them. And he says to God's people in Colossae, who are our faithful brothers and sisters, who are in union with Christ. And I think these things we need to keep at the back of our minds even as we hear today's message. And he says, May God our Father give you grace and peace. And I think the temptation for me is almost to want to declare the same to you and say, May God our father give you grace and peace that in this COVID time you may go beyond your understanding or go beyond your strength even when you go through tough moments in life may the grace and peace of god take your faith and the letter begins with prayer for thanksgiving he says we always give thanks to god for your faith for the way you carry yourselves out within the the city that you find yourself in. And the last time I preached on this very letter, which is almost three weeks ago, I preached and looked at the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Now Paul has shown a grand picture to the church in Colossae. And he has shown them that this is how big your God thinks about you as human beings. God has accomplished so much for you through Jesus Christ. And maybe after hearing all this, the church in Colossae were asking themselves, so what is in it for me? And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying okay i've heard about who jesus is i've heard about what jesus has done so what's in it for me what's in it for me and paul then in the next three verses that we have read speak about how this grand picture and what jesus has done is not only an abstract for us but comes to each and every one of us and the first question that I've already asked is what is in it for me yes the grand plan but what is in it for me so verse 21 begins with these words and at one point you were far away from God that's how he begins the New International Version says you were alienated from God So Paul says, at one time, you were far away from God and were his enemies because of the evil things you did and you thought. What you did and what you thought about made you enemies or made you to be separated from God. Now the
3: apostle
1: Paul is doing something that he does in most of his letters. In order to drive home a point, he always has a comparison, a contrast of two things. Now for the believers, for the church who is receiving his letter, and he wants them to weigh things across. So he's going, he's going to want them to see something. And what he wants them to see is this. This is who you were before God. This is who you were before Christ paid for your sins. And then he's going to tell them that now this is who you are in Christ. And you will soon find out what he says about what we are now in Christ. So that's how verse 21 begins. But in telling the Colossians who they once were, we see a description of people apart from Christ. This is what we are without Christ and that also implies when you have taken Christ or when Christ has come to your life or he is part of your life you become something else we see a description of sinners so what does he say about sinners he says and you were once alienated alienated means a consistent and persistent push away separation from God And I know many of us are very honest people who are here and who are listening. And we are honest with ourselves and others too. But we rarely find people who say, I am an evil person. Or I am a wicked person. Have you found any? So often people would say, he's so evil. But they don't speak of themselves as evil. We always speak of others as, oh, they are evil. Now, this is what Paul says, he says to them, this is what you used to be. And I think for us here, sitting today, here and listening, this is what we used to be. This is what I used to be. This is what you used to be, alienated from God, enemies of God in our minds. As evidenced by evil behavior, we constantly want to display in our world, in our families, in our communities. And this is what we used to be. The unfortunate thing is the world is busy screaming to people as we speak right now to tell people that you are okay. The world, media, and anyone who has an opportunity, politicians and otherwise, People around tell each other, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not in need of this Jesus or this Savior. Now, if you want to do a favor to yourself or for somebody else, and you want to show them how bad they are, you turn to Matthew chapter five to chapter seven. You'll be shocked at how much we, fall short of the glory of God. Scripture shows us in Matthew chapter 5 to 7 how filthy we are. And yet, of course, it's an illusion because that's who we were. But now we have Jesus Christ who has cleansed and made us look different. And the question is, who could then reconcile such enemies to a holy God? Sinners who are not interested, could they reconcile themselves to God? No, we were not thinking about it. We were not considering it at all. But God had to take the initiative. God had to intervene. And in verse 22, we have the greatest news that we can ever think of. But now, by means of physical death of his son, God has made you his friends. Do you hear that? God has made you his friends in order to bring you, not somebody else, in order to bring you. You can say, come along and and follow with me. Say you. Point at yourself and say you. I'm asking you to do an action. Point at yourself now and say you. You, his friends. You, God has made it possible to set you apart, to make you pure and faultless into his presence. Now what is key about Christianity? There's something you and I need to grasp. All other religions realize that there is a gap between humanity and God, and unfortunately all other religions say act right and then you can get to relate to God. All other religions will tell you try more, try more, try again, and you will get things right. Islam will say be good by giving alms to the poor and by fasting during Ramadan and then maybe you can get to be closer to the point or to the mark. Judaism says follow the Ten Commandments to the dot and everything will be okay and will go well. Buddhism says the same. I don't know if you have ever taken time sometimes to read some of the readings or some of the writings, I've taken a liberty to read. There is, there is a version of the prodigal son in the Buddhism. And do you know what it says when the younger son comes back to the father? It says you must now pay penance to be good enough to be received back in the family. And our prodigal son, son story it actually says the father went after his son the moment the father saw his son and grabbed him and said you are good enough actually you are good enough and i'm going to give you the best clothes you don't have to act you don't have to do anything and i think maybe this doesn't make sense to people who have not tried have you tried to live right have you tried to do things right? Have you tried in your strength, ever tried to be so good? And if you have tried, you would bear with me or you would understand with me that we will never get to be good enough. Because sometimes when you, when you think you're getting it right, you're getting it right, you start to think otherwise and Paul has said in your thought and in your action, you are separated from God. Now the good news, for us as Christians, Christianity is almost saying, you don't have to be good enough. Just as you are, God has done it all. You know, Martin Luther tried so hard to be good enough, he used to beat himself at some point to try and make, make up to be good enough, and he didn't make it. The same man who wrote the the letter that we are reading So he tried the Jew among Jews, the Pharisee of Pharisees, the Hebrew upon, uh, 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 among Hebrews, and yet he didn't get to be good enough. Now here is the good news of Christianity. Christianity, Christianity comes and say, but now God has made us his friends in order to make us good enough. Thus, our God. Do you see the difference? Christianity is totally opposite from all other religions. Other religions say do all those things in order to be good or to be right with God. And Christianity says God starts by getting through to you. He makes friends first and makes you fit. And this is good news for us. I'm sure everyone wants this kind of a God that makes you his friends and makes you fit to be in the presence of God. And in case you ask how, Scripture is clear. God has made a clear condition, which is, if you want to be my friend, let me allow the death of my son to pay for your sins, and then you can come in. So, by means of the physical death of jesus god has made you his friends when you think and consider what he has done i think that will make you cry because he has done so much not when you were good enough but when you were not good enough and now that you know that god looks at you through christ what does that make you feel like it it humbles you because whenever God looks at you. He looks at you through Christ, through the lenses of Christ. He sees you through Christ. He sees a perfect person through Christ. All this God did in order to bring you holy, pure, faultless into the very presence of God. Now, we hardly hear people say these words. Have you heard anyone say this? Have you ever heard someone say, oh, that's a pure man. He's pure, he's faultless. Oh, that woman loves God so much. She is faultless. Have you ever heard someone say that? And yet Paul is almost saying to you and I today, jesus has died on the cross so that you can be said about pure and faultless in the very presence of god now our future goal is to be presented faultless before god and paul says god has reconciled us in jesus so that we can be presented perfect before god this is our future in case you, you look at what is happening in 2020 and 2022 and even as far back as 2020 and you're like worried. Here is a future for us as Christians who love God, who are so fallen in, in the presence of God. The future is this. God will make you pure, faultless before the presence of God. And that's what he is busy doing. And I want to be presented perfect before God. And this is the only possibility when you are viewed through Christ. And no wonder why as Christians we get to say, I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I can proclaim I'm righteous, not in my own doing, but through Jesus Christ. God is therefore saying, I've made you friends in order to meet with you face to face do we not want to meet God face to face and he looks at us and says not what you have done but what I've done for you and you are perfect and made perfect. In verse 23 we are given the reason why Paul is writing to this church and he says you you must of course continue faithful on a firm and a sure foundation and you must not allow yourselves to be shaken from the hope you gained when you heard the gospel because when you had by the time you heard the gospel jesus had died for you so don't run away from those things the niv version says if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which i paul have become a servant so he here he is saying i'm writing to you the church in colossians i'm reminding you of who you are in christ and how Christ has reconciled you to Himself. And I want you to stick with that assurance because that keeps you going. If the environment around you doesn't make sense to you, this will make sense to you because He has reconciled you for His own good. in chapter 7 of matthew jesus says this build your house on the rock build your house on the rock and not on the sand and on the rock is this that he did it for you and you don't have to try harder and paul is almost saying you know what the foundation is colossians believers you know what the foundation is In case you forget the foundation, here is the foundation. Jesus made us fit for holiness and he continues to save us from our sins through the cross. I'm not yet saved. I am being saved each day. You are being saved each day. It's a continuous process. God continues to save us. How many times do you look at yourself and say, God, I've fallen short of your glory again no wonder why we continue to be saved therefore continue building on this foundation don't shift from it and on that day you will see your savior with in glory and you will be like him and you will enjoy and say oh only it only took me saying yes and everything is in place we started our new life by faith, but there are conditions Paul gives us, a responsibility that God's poor gives us. We must continue in faith, not slip into works or our own righteousness or back into sin. No. Secondly, we must stand firm, established, not running back to the world or shaken by sin or by our own failures. There is a hope held out, to you by the gospel. What is that hope? That he who began the good work in us will complete us. That he has gone to prepare a place for us. That where he is, there we will be also. That he has overcome the world. That we are more than conquerors through Christ. That he will never leave us nor forsake us. That he is coming back for his own, for you so with that hope we plan to live by faith and overcome all opposition and all odds and all things that are crazy in our world because he cares for you he cares for you let us pray oh gracious lord when we think of what you have done for us we become so small. And yet, it's such a realization of how much you care, how much you take us from glory to glory. Be with us. merciful for God. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We sing together, give thanks with a grateful heart. Hymn 180. Let us pray. Lord, you are so generous. You are so generous, oh God. And we come with these gifts of money, the money that you have given us. And we pray, Lord, for all that have given in cash, electronically, in kind. May we, O Lord, realize how good you are to us. And with these gifts, we pray that, Lord, as they constitute the extension of your kingdom and your church, not only in the three towns, but outside outside the three towns, outside Scotland, beyond the continent, we pray that, Lord, this will be for your glory. We pray for the blessing on this community of believers as we continue to come to you and say, Lord, we are weak and we are in need of you to amplify our energies and our strength. Lord of righteousness and faithfulness, today we have heard familiar words which challenge us, especially in remembrance who, in remembering who we were before we were saved as we pray for ourselves and others this day we ask that you grant us the patience and the forbearance that we may need as we seek to forgive others and stretch on the love to give it out to others who don't deserve it for we do not deserve your love lord in a world where people create the means by which others lose their lives lose their livelihoods and all they have through policies that are bad and weapons and drugs and other things. Lord, help us. Help us, O Lord, in our fallenness, in our communities where people go out of their way to not love others and to destroy others and to destroy what others have accumulated for themselves, we pray that Lord, you give us strength to love, love and love. In our churches where sometimes buildings tragically become more important than people, where competition is the order of the day, we ask that Lord, you help us to rethink the mission of your church. As we think about reconciliation, Lord, we pray that sinners would be converted. We pray that you would continue to save us. We pray that our church would grow through conversion. That the gospel would be taken out into our communities for your glory. May we continue to live for you and for you alone. We pray for those who are here who are not well. Lord, touch them, heal them. Make your face to shine upon them. Those we know by name in hospital or at home. Lord, we are the righteousness of God through Christ. And we declare that for ourselves and for our weak friends and family members. May you reach out to them, Lord, and touch them and heal them. May it stand as a reminder that you're not dead, you are alive. You're still at work, Lord, and you're still doing miracles, things that are beyond our imagination. Faithful God, in all situations, may there be justice, may there be peace, may there be love shared among us. May we love the unlovable in our world. As we seek to enhance reconciliation with you, we ask that, Lord, you touch your people. Bless them. Make your face to shine upon them. As we leave this place, Lord, may we be reminded that we are reconciled to you. We can relate with you. We can whisper to you. We can shout to you. And we can say anything to you, Lord, and you will hear us. You will never forsake us, nor leave us to be on our own. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is 182. Now, think we owe our God. <clears throat> Beloved, go now and be happy, happy that you're loved, happy that you walk with God all the way, and the blessing of God be with you today and every day. Amen.